So this isn't a PC game, but I've got God of War Ragnarok and I've been playing it. Is it really good? It's fine. I'm not enjoying it as much as the first one. Really? Um, yeah. And one thing, this isn't a spoiler exactly, but um, I, I regret to inform you that I don't think Kratos has called Atreus boy once yet. Oh no! What does he just say, man? He just says Atreus. I can't. I can't make my voice deep enough. Oh, I know. I'm sorry. That's the sorry. best meme. <laughs> Oh, it's so easy just to miss the magical moments of your child's life, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Welcome, listener, to this episode 208 of the Electronic Wireless Show podcast. This is Rock Paper Shotgun's PC Gaming podcast, and the only podcast you need, in my opinion, which is that about the spell. And I'm joined for this, the best games for having a wistful stare episode. Uh, by Wistus. The Wistful Roman. Okay. <laughs> oh. Is there any particular reason that you're Roman or just... I think we're probably the most wistful historical people. Do you? Yes, yes. Well, half of our empire persisted for, for a very long time after the, the party had really finished and I imagine... People in Byzantium felt quite wistful. I was from Byzantium. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, uh, nice but to have you. A lot of lapis lazuli. <laughs> Are you going to do the voice the whole episode? Or? Yes. No, no, I'm certainly not. I, I tried to differentiate him from Ghostus because Ghostus, I, I, th- I, I suppose Ghostus is more whimsical than wistful. Yeah, Wistus does sound sadder. He's, he's Ghostus's brother-in-law. Yeah, Ghostus, of course, for new listeners. I, every so often, I think, what if someone's listening for the first time? Uh, Ghostus is a Roman ghost who is not also Nate doing a voice and wearing a sheet. I um, think Ghostus is very self-explanatory. I mean, you wouldn't expect him to be like a, a Phoenician cage fighter, would you? You know? No, fair. The best <laughs> Roman ghost. Uh, but yes, that voice you can hear now. The Wistus has left is Nate Crowley. Uh Matthew, our, our third, the third of our triumvirate, has uh, got too much work to do again this week. The crown's back. That's the issue. What, the queen's risen from her grave? Yes, and he has been drafted um, into the front line. Well, not the front line. He's in Bath, so they're sort of um, going to cut off her escape if she if she tries to head into the southwest that way. I'm now imagining the opening scene from Jurassic Park, you know, where they're trying to like wangle the velociraptor out of the cage. Yeah. And a bloke gets his arm off. It's very much like that, yeah. Just Matthew, shoot her, shoot her. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's just uh, me, me and you this week, Nate, to talk about games having a wistful stare, which I believe was sort of recommended in the discord which you can join there's a link to the show notes and i can't remember who it was but thank you very much for that idea um, i just saw there was a general chat about wistful staring wasn't there i think it's because they someone was imagining what sort of detective each of us would be someone described in, our dynamic as one of those police shows the beautiful but troubled policeman and an oddball yeah. with quasi superpowers yeah so like you would solve the crime by like 
knowing something that is about fish that somehow relates to the criminal. Like, I like the person who's just as well. I wouldn't know there was a mystery. I'd just be vibing. <laughs> yeah, you'd just be vibing and talking about gobies. Um, and I think it was me with the stare. <laughs> I would stare out. <laughs> Which I, I had to acknowledge they had me banged to rights because uh, I did that very day. Went to I went to get bread and uh, spreadable butter at the shop, and on the way back I paused on the uh, the, uh, the 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 what do you call it? It's not a jetty, but a bit by the uh, Chinese takeaway at the end of the road, and looked at the sea a bit. But I was holding bread and spread, so it wasn't very like police procedurally. It's still quite wistful, though. Still quite wistful. It's, it's a very wistful area. It's been Ireland's pretty wistful in general. It's known for it. This is well the town that I live in is well wistful though. I can't remember if I told you about it before, but it's basically just been loads of like maritime tragedies associated with this town. Can he beat it? Like you can't turn a corner without running into a memorial for drowned people. Um <laughs> Yeah. But it's but it's also like a very nice, cheerful town, so it's quite a cool kind of dynamic. <laughs> it's it's good. Uh how are you, Nate? How have you been this week? I'm all right. I've been playing a lot of the new RimWorld DLC, uh, oh. which is, I have to say, the expansions for RimWorld have just been bangers every time. This one is, um, well, there's a, there's a lot of things that it adds, but my favorite one is you can just play a sort of a robot rancher. Right. In, in okay. A rancher <laughs> who is a robot or someone who ranches robots? Well, someone who ranches robots, but you can become quite the robot yourself. Okay. Um, in RimWorld's law, um, machines are like semi-organic or like they can be grown. Um, so okay. basically the game, if you play as, a, I think they're called like the me- me- mechanicist, um, you, you start with a little like beep boop helper lad. Yeah. And then you gestate larger and more complicated helper robots. And it's such a huge change from the fundamental game because rather than all these like squabbling yokels, you've just got tireless automatons helping you out and stuff. But it comes with its own challenges. And yeah, just I'm really impressed whenever they add new feature sets for that game because they're really well thought through. Um, so yeah, I've been... There's a bit of wistful staring in that, to be honest. Yeah, like yes. at, staring at your your little world. Well, yeah, I do that. And sometimes the characters, when they get sad or tired, will just go and stare across the landscape for a bit. It's like one of the little activities they can do. Oh, that's good. Pretty wistful, yeah. So yeah, that, I like that. So that was up as a, what I've been doing and uh, a starting point. That's very know, good. Efficiency. Should have segued there, shouldn't I? <laughs> oh, damn it. What have you been up to? What have I been up to? Um, I went to see uh, the Banshees Vinisherin, which was uh, very wistful. Uh, actually, really very good film. wistful, Prime Minister. S- super wistful. <laughs> Time to wist. Um, uh, really, really good. J- like, yeah, just a, a, re- a really bloody good movie. Um, Is it about Banshees? No, it. You, you must know what it's about. No, I'm really behind on what's coming out in cinema. 
Um, so it's about these two um, fellas played by um, oh god, I can I can only think of the the director and writer that um, Colin Farrell and um, Thingy Gleason. Brandon uh, Gleason. Yeah, and oh, I love they're both like, of those. yeah, and they're two they're two fellas who just live on a an island, a fictional little island off the coast of Ireland called Inner Sharon and the film starts and uh one of them like goes to get the other to come to the pub at two o'clock like he does every day and <laughs> uh and Brendan Gleeson's character is just like I don't talk to him anymore I've, I just don't like you anymore I've decided you're boring <laughs> and oh it's two hours of like this kind of r- rumination on you know male loneliness and sadness and friendship and you know what's important in life uh and like not a lot happens in it but it goes by really quickly and it's also very funny and it's got um really great performance from Barry Keoghan in it as well really good has it got some good sort of lads together going mad at sea energy like the lighthouse um no I no I don't think so is it predictable how much I love the film The Lighthouse? Yes, entirely. <laughs> yeah. Do you do you shout like you're fond of my lobster at Tally and stuff? <laughs> I hadn't thought to, but I shall now. You should dread like. I'm su- honestly surprised that it didn't occur to you when you were dressed as a lobster to do that. You know what? You're right. Yeah. Yeah, and that time I was like. Charging around the top of a lighthouse naked, emitting rays of light. <laughs> uh, but no, it's very good. And yeah, very wistful. Oh, it, this has all just been one big segue. Yeah, basically. we're just in tune. We're just like, on theme, on point, on the job. Around just the well, well, wisty. Yeah, let's just, let's just do it. Let's just go. It. Let's just let's let's get go wistful. into the... Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Do you know what the etymological origin of wistful is? Because it sort of implies full of whist, doesn't it? Yeah, I was wondering what whist is. Because, like, you know, every so often someone will do a Twitter thread that's actually like, did you know that disgruntled is actually the opposite of being gruntled? <laughs> you know? Yeah, and it's always something else. Like, it'll be the Norse word for, like, egg or something. Yeah. Uh, and it was, was that good really good do- one about the more the... Maria and all that. Did you see that? Oh, that was the other night, wasn't it? Yeah. Interesting business. Um, but no, I don't, I don't know what it is to be full of whist or to be without it. Yeah. What is whist. wistfulness to you? Um, I don't know. Sort of maybe like nostalgia for something that's never happened. Man, that's that's sharp. That's I like that. Thanks. Is it is it sad? Not necessarily. I think it can be, but isn't always. Because you can do, do you... a wistful sigh when you're happy, can't you? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Do you, what? How do you feel about wistfulness? I think it's no. I can't beat your definition. Actually, I think that's <laughs> spot on. Um, to me, it's I a have, kind. I of... have beaten Nate at the words. <laughs> You've done it. Yeah, you, you, that, that's your word now. Yeah. Um, 
I think it's on the edge of sadness. I think wistfulness can become sadness at any moment. It's kind of like the like the inoculated form of sadness. Like if you yeah. get injected with some dead measles microbes. Yeah. You know, you'll you get a bit of a rash maybe, but then you won't get the real thing. Yeah, maybe that's this is good. Is. We're gonna flush out any latent vaccine skeptics in our audience. <laughs> So yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely a looking off a cliff feeling, isn't it? Um, I, I I think it also segues into like longing and stuff like that. Yeah. Because um, like people on the cover of historical romance novels often look very wistful because That's they're thinking true. about their, their beefy boy in the Napoleonic Wars. Yeah. I, I think it's a liminal state as well. I think it can very easily become sadness or it can become happiness. You know, it's it's, uh, it's one of those ones. It's a difficult one. Pretty uh, broad ground. Yeah, yeah. Which is why I thought it'd be interesting to discuss games where you can, can stare wistfully. Because like, I think the conclusion that you leap to uh, initially is games that are very pretty and have, you know, nice vista to look at. Vista. <laughs> well, yeah, because I can't remember if it's even on PC these days or not, but like to me, the ultimate wistful game is Shadow of the Colossus. Ooh. There's so much wistful looking in that. I think it is, isn't it? I'm pretty sure it came out a couple of years ago, didn't it? Like it was, yeah, ported. That, is it the big, the giants that make you feel wistful? Oh, they're quite wistful, but it's just the, the like the very sort of windy, blowy landscape with just a few sad little lizards and like mm. big mysterious aqueducts and stuff. Wistus likes those. Yeah, yeah, I get you because if we're talking, you know, it it is sort of a a, a post civilization landscape, isn't it? And there's implications that you know something happened or was created and people lived there you know well yeah and that's one of i mean there's been more since then but i think that game was really unusual for its time in that you were just alone for so mm. much of it um, you had your horse yeah but a horse isn't a bloke is it true <laughs> <laughs> you know there's i mean you can you can contemplate in a, a solitude way with a horse. That, yeah, that's, that's very true. It's they're, a silent they, they're, Yeah, they are. They're the, the companion of many a, a lone ranger, aren't they? This is it, yeah. Even the most lonesome cowboys always have a horse. Good, yeah. So um, we've established that horses don't have souls. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> they're philosophical <laughs> zombies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they're very good for being wistful. Uh, what, yeah. are the, what are the games you alone for? Uh, like, like big, big games. Big games. Oh, well, I suppose Horizon Zero Dawn, which is your classic. Uh, looking well, at stuff, pretty vistas, isn't it? My God, that's so wistful. Yeah, and you've got all the, you know, the knackered relics of the the modern yeah. world as well. Like yeah. post-apocalyptic stuff is often very wistful, isn't it? That's very true. Yeah, very true. And Fallout's it is quite about as wistful as a bag of nails, but yeah, Fallout somehow isn't, is it? Well, I moaned about this when I wrote about Fallout seventy six because 
I think this is common to the whole series. Um, I don't think Fallout knows where its tone is. Mm. Like sometimes it's all like, you know, voice logs of like frightened children locked in a school, like while yeah. there's a nuclear <laughs> war going on. And sometimes yeah. it is a skeleton with a bloody beer. And, <laughs> you know, they're always... It never quite rings true for me. It never feels like it knows whether it wants to actually be be sad about like a nuclear holocaust or just to play it for laughs. Yeah, like press X to pay respects or ruffle now. <laughs> Skyrim's quite wistful. Yeah, I'd give you that. I think especially the starting landscape and the kind of big mountain. You know, see that mountain, you can go there, kind of thing. And, like, I know he turned out to be a bit of a, a bad eye, to say the least, but Jeremy Soule's music for that is some of the most wistful music in games. Yeah. Like that yeah. one that goes... You know that one? <laughs> yeah, I know the one, yeah. Very wistful. Very wistful as fuck, mate, yeah. <laughs> um, what Although, about... The wistfulness um, is quite often broken in that game, isn't it? By stuff like a saber-toothed tiger jumping out from behind a wagon to something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah very true. Um, what about then like a, a Firewatch? Oh, wow. Yeah, because there's so much actual just looking out in that game. That's literally your yeah. job. So if you haven't played Firewatch, listener, it's, yeah, you are a man who has elected to leave his dying wife, if I remember correctly from the, the intro, um, to become a firewatcher in a national park. Well, you uh, might want to bleep that. That's a bit of a spoiler. Is it? I think, it's yeah. It's literally the first thing. Oh, it's no, the... no, I've just remembered the plot of the game. You're absolutely fine. It's I the first it thing that happens. Different. Yeah. <laughs> I had a whole different Firewatch in my head. I what, did that I, thing again. You know where I remember a game as being a completely different thing? I'm off mic. I'm going to have to interrogate you about what your Firewatch is. Because mine is a <laughs> um, uh, And yeah, you're, so you you have to watch a lot just and walk about this, uh, this forest ch- checking that people haven't left unattended campfires and things like that. I will um, spoil this. There's never a fire. Yeah, there's never a fire. I was watching sure. for one. I was doing my job as instructed by the game's title, but no. I think I've mentioned this before, but you get um, you get given a camera because I think it's sort of 90s-ish. You get like a disposable camera and you can take pictures because it's a beautiful game. You can take pictures of it that you can then print off or like have, you know, as photos that you've taken. Um on your hard drive but I thought it was like a game mechanic so I was like documenting littering and stuff with it. <laughs> and like taking pictures of unattended campsites <laughs> oh if we ever do a best cameras in game that's yeah chewing that one isn't it maybe we should yeah but that's it's very wistful because also you don't you are alone the whole time and the only person you talk to is um is her name Delilah on the uh the other end of a a walkie talkie Oh, is it? Yeah, it's sort of a biblical name, isn't it, of some kind? Yeah, My- and she, like you can sort of develop quite an intimate relationship with her, depending on sort of stuff you you talk about or say to her. It's very interesting, but it's well wistful. Yeah, it's 
it's funny, isn't it? Because a lot of, I don't know, it's a bit of a chicken and an egg situation. A lot of sort of games like that don't have much company in them. And I think it started off as a budget thing. But then there have just been some bangers of games where you don't really interact with anyone physically. Mm. Um, oh, what was the one I played for review? Was it Nuts with the squirrels? The squirrels, yeah. Oh, that's a wistful one. And Is it? no mistake. Yeah, yeah. You'd really like that, actually. Um, so that's one where you're setting up security cameras to track squirrel behavior. Yeah, that's right. So you know, like trail cams. Oh, yeah. Uh, you're like, yeah, sort of setting up those and during the day and then you go at night and you watch to see what the squirrel's doing and they are they are doing more than meets the eye. Um, I think, honestly, the game is a bit of a letdown with the, the final mystery. Um, or as, you know, the mystery develops and it, it turns out to be just something... Uh, it's just very much within the limits of imagination. You're like, oh, it's that. Um, but it drops hints like it's going to be, going to get really weird, and then it doesn't. Um, you know, and that's fine. It's one of the, the games where the pleasure truly is in the journey. Um, it would be an incredible horror game if it used its powers for evil, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But yeah, walking around the woods, like just working out where to put cameras and stuff, and the the foley work is the best I've ever heard. Like, if, hands down, it's just got the best sound effects in any game. Yeah. Um, so the immersion is spectacular, despite like a lot of visual abstraction. You know, a lot of things are just sort of big, sort of one tone pastel outlines, and the color palettes are very, very simple. But yeah, really feels like being in the woods and hmm. classic place for wistful reflection. Sounds great. I, I'd, I'd have a go at that. I was going to, I think it's sort of on a, a similar line as well as um, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, which is, uh, have you played it? No, I've not actually. So that's, um, you t- turn up in this, this village, um, but everybody has been raptured by by an alien sort of kind of it's hard to explain um and all that's left are these like golden lights that are sort of floating around and will occasionally sort of play out memories of what the people were doing um so uh, i think it's been like a christian rapture well there's nobody left to think anything oh what does your character think it, I can't say who the character is because you find out who your character is at the end. Are you Christ? Yes. <laughs> and it would be a spoiler to say who your character is. But you walk around this like completely empty village and it starts in the morning and you sort of, as you progress, the time changes as well and it becomes sort of the afternoon and the golden hour and everything. And it's really beautiful, but it's it's well wistful. I think maybe even more so from if you're from the UK because it's so uh, rare to see things that are so incredibly like British it, recreated in video games. You know, it's mostly American. Um, oh, the golden hour is mega, isn't it? Yeah, and it's it's 
extremely wistful because you are learning about the little lives and the kind of gossip and you know what was important to all these people that you've never met and who are now gone you know and it's it can be quite frightening as well I found it a bit frightening because it's there's a wrongness to this you know this village that's completely empty is there a sense of dread do you think because this is like I was saying with the squirrel game like it it could have been a horror game very easily I'm often I don't know if it's conditioning or or just because I have a a dark imagination but Mm -hmm. like whenever things are like full of solitude and stuff I'm I I often get a creeping sense of dread and I think it's setting up for it suddenly not being solitude and there being something horrid I think for me it depends on the the like if the place feels like it should be empty or not you know what about if it that feels game, like it's uh... supposed to have people in it i mean the the classic thing is like you're you're bimbling along in a game and then suddenly you get a, a tooltip that says like press y to run and you go what why why do i need to run <laughs> <laughs> very brief tangent crouching in video games <laughs> yes it's i just find it something really endearing that since time immemorial tutorials have always had a section where you have to crouch you have to crawl under something yeah and i can just i think i could count the number of times i've actually had to crouch in anger in a game on captain hook's hand (laughs) like when when is it actually useful in, in in any sense or even if it does need to be used like you know there are occasions where you have to crouch but you feel it's just because they've remembered there's a crouch mechanic it's quite big in stealth sims, I have to say. You make less noise when you crouch, that kind of thing. Okay, no, that's true. That's true, yeah. actually. Oh, right, crouching down. is forgiven. <laughs> um, well, what, what else have you found wistful in game? Um, so I was thinking of the, the sort of differentiation between player character wistfulness and player wistfulness. Mm. Um, like, I obviously play a lot of games which involve just staring at maps of the world for quite a long time. Yeah. That can, that can be fairly wistful. Um, not so much in sort of paradox games, because um, there's always a lot going on on the map. Um, a Total War map can be quite wistful at times. Again, not, not like Warhammer, because there's often like, you know, like looping animations of dragons farting on each other or whatever but um you know in shogun or something like that quite a lot of just nice looking out over slightly abstracted maps of japan that i you will always find a way to mention total war it's admirable <laughs> play a lot of total war <laughs> yeah. um the oh what was um oh man the medieval colony sim going medieval um, which is in early access at the moment, which is like the medieval rim world, but with different levels on your buildings. That has lovely winters where everything gets covered in snow mm. and all your agriculture quietens down and, you know, the sort of muted wolf howls in the distance and stuff like that. You might um, like um, Ostrov, which I haven't played, but which Sin... That's R- the Ukrainian town builder, isn't it? Yeah, RPS in peace. I've played a lot of, and it's a, like a very um kind of meditative uh 
town building sim where like when you get people to build a house you'll see them like carrying the wood you know and putting in specific bits of the house and raising the frame and all that kind of stuff and and then in winter and they make their own paths by you know what makes sense and in winter it's all snowy and you know there's there might be an old couple who live in this cottage and they have they've put a bench at the back of their house and you can see the little track in the snow from when they walk to sit on the bench and um it, well now i'm thinking about it though i guess i'm i'm not really talking about wistfulness i'm, I'm talking about i'm misidentifying just like a sense of of peace and quiet <laughs> i'm struggling to think what where the wist comes yeah. Um well there's um there's a game called East Shade, which is you play a character going, I think your dad used to live there or something. I can't quite remember why you've gone back to this island, but there's an island and it's it's a sort of um nice fantasy island where there, you know, there are talking animals and stuff who live there, that kind of thing. Um and you can go around doing tasks for people and quests and things but you're also an artist and you can go like in the game, you can go and paint wherever you like, basically you put down your easel and then frame up what you're going to paint. And then you make a painting and it's a really nice kind of mix of, yeah, you're staring (laughs) out at these landscapes and trying to find like a nice, a nice angle or a nice painting with, with your mouse or, no, it's sort of click to paint. It's not that, not that advanced. But um, there's a, you get you develop this kind of nice relationship with the environment that you maybe wouldn't in a game like maybe Horizon Zero Dawn, where it's just like, look at this nice view. Um, and in in each shade, you're you're sort of looking at it with an artist's eye almost, and and sort of identifying things that look nice to you and that won't be the same as what looks nice to someone else you know and uh at the same time it's this really nice town and you know people leave and they come back and 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 there's that whole kind of thing going on as well at the same time and and i think that's quite a a wistful game starbound could be wistful did you ever play that i did not um so it's uh, I guess sort of the most, if you don't know it, but you might be familiar with Terraria, that kind of mm. 2D side-scrolling sort of procedurally generated world thing. And there's lots of planets and there are different ways to play Starbound, but I basically played it as a, a furniture collecting simulation okay. um, <laughs> where I would just go to different planets to loot different interesting objects to put in my rickety Western mansion. Um, And there's a lot of just wandering around sort of oddly colored alien landscapes, having time to think. Um, It's, it's weirdly good game. If you're feeling retrospective Mm. uh, or slightly sad, even though it's quite jolly Um, space itself. I mean, just looking out into the, you know, the vast emptiness of space, one of the classic wistful things to do. Um, yeah. Like, you know, the long journeys in, like, Elite, um, if you, you know, just choose to do things manually and just sit there and just wait out long space journeys, that's, uh, well, that's being a space trucker, very wistful. 
one of the most wistful jobs going. That is well wistful. Although I, from sci-fi films I've seen, I've noted that you can't look out into space too much or you'll go mental. You do get the space madness, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the downside. How long do you reckon you could last by yourself in space without getting space madness? Quite a long time, actually. Yeah, me too. Like, I'm not the most mentally resilient man, but I think that actually my strengths would come into play with that. I, I reckon I could manage, what, do they reckon it's an 18-month trip to Mars? Oh, I could do that easier. Yeah, I think I could do that without losing <laughs> Do that in my sleep, mate. Certain. Um, what was the other spacey one I was thinking of? No, it's not space, but it is trucking. What about those, you know those truck games that Alice O really likes? Yeah, Euro Truck Sim and stuff. You ever played any of them? No, I'm not. I, I don't know. I'm just sort of not built for them. Can you ask her if trucking can be wasteful? I will, yeah. <laughs> it feels like it could. I remember... Um, because uh, Alec, Mia, RPS and Peace, uh, really loved them. And uh, one of his last articles for RPS was sort of smashing Twin Peaks and a truck sim together because they put in, where's Twin Peaks set? I don't know. It's in, um, oh, it's one of the northern states, but which side? I don't know. It's one of them anyway. And he went to like the waterfall in the game that's in the Twin Peaks credits or whatever. I. You may be able to tell from my tone that I have not seen Twin Peaks and I kind of have no interest in seeing it either. Seriously, I thought that would be right up your street. Yeah, everyone kind of, I don't know. It's it's maybe one of those things now where like because everyone says it's great all the time and I kind of find the tenor in which people talk of it kind of slightly annoying uh, at this point. So I'm now being contrary like a child. And uh, Well, no, I, I am do not doing the it time. then. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that that was a well wistful kind of experience for Alec. I I think I would assume, uh, but I'm not. I'm not. I, I don't know. I just can't get behind all the truck sim stuff or the the train sim. It's not for me. Yeah, I don't want to do anything that I would choose not to do in reality. That's interesting. <laughs> well, like as a job, you know. All right. Yeah. Um, oh, well, I mean, I guess actually on that note, um, Deadliest Catch the Game, extraordinarily wistful. Oh, yeah. Big wistful energy, that, yeah. I keep meaning to go and play the full version of that, actually, because I only played, like, the the early access release. Who knows what crab-sorting mechanics the full version introduces. I've been watching lovely... Um, I think they're originally TikToks, but I consume them as YouTube shorts. There's a, a main lobster fisherman uh, who's an extremely pleasant and engaging man who just does little short videos from his lobster boat. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I'll, I'll, I'll just very, very stealthily Google it now, and that will be my recommendation this week. <laughs> very stealthily. Um, do you reckon you could... Uh sex a crab in real life from your oh, experience easily. playing easily. easily in fact I'll, look, I'll tell you all for free here's some crab lore um, really really easy if you look on the underside of crab um, 
there's like a triangle shape on its tummy. Yeah. Which used to be like before they evolved into crabs, uh, that was the tail. And on a bloke crab, it's a thin triangle. But on a female crab, it's like a wide flap because that, they keep the eggs under it. What did crabs used to be? Dogs. <laughs> um, well, here's the thing with the carcinization meme. Like, uh, crabs used to be lots of different things. So like spider crabs and, and sort of that lineage used to be um, what you call squat lob- lobsters. So uh, like uh, Homerus novegicus, the little sc- scampy boys. Oh, no, wait, no, actually, sorry. No, it's more slipper lobsters and things like that that I think became spider crabs. Um, essentially, a lobster-like thing, a decapod in all cases. Like All crabs have been formed by the tail tucking up under. Well, the more you know. In fact, that's quite funny. Uh, listeners, a um, bit of inside baseball. Alice just um, took me off mic for a second to let me know I'd gotten a bit quiet. That's because I was getting wistful thinking about crabs. <laughs> Do crabs make you wistful generally? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, all all the all all water stuff does. I yeah. love looking wistfully into a. Well, that's why I like all my fish tanks, isn't it? So yeah. a wistful look at the gobies kicking the shit out of each other. <laughs> Are you going to uh, fill all your tanks up again? No, no, uh, not until the energy crisis is over. I don't think. Oh yeah. Um, I'm just sort of letting everything go fallow. Um, oh, our housemate moved on to another house, though, so I do have my my tank room theoretically free again. So I, yeah. might, I might set up something nice for Christmas. A Christmas tank? Yeah. I Christmas like in the Peruvian Amazon. Santa's grotto, but like... <laughs> Santa's Gobi fight pit. Yeah. And what do you want for Christmas, little Gobi? Yeah, Triumph. Exactly. <laughs> or conversely, invite all your friends to your house and you be Santa and they sit in your lap and you say, what do you want for Christmas, little boy? And yeah. your friend will say, a bike or whatever, and then you just give him a Gobi and that solves your Gobi problem. <laughs> well, that's Christmas sorted. There you go. Everyone gets a Gobi. Like Oprah, look under your seats. <laughs> Quickly, get it in water. You don't want to be responsible for a creature's death. You get a Kobe, you get a Kobe. <laughs> They're tax deductible. <laughs> yeah, it's, but in general, I was I was trying to avoid games where uh, you sort of, is just like, here's a pretty thing for you to look at. But there is one called Mutazioni. I think that's how you say it, which is uh, your grandfather um, lives on the titular island and you go back to kind of help him because he's sick. And uh, the island itself is full of mutants because I think an asteroid or something crashed. Um, so there were half mutants living there and half, you know, humans, regular humans. Um, and there, it's a really nice mix, and it's it's well wistful in that you're going back and sort of remembering your granddad and talking to him and learning about your family and the history of the island and stuff, and people who leave and people who come back, and then you garden. 
So you you plant things and the plants grow to maturity and they make noises. So you plant these little gardens of sound. Um, and you oh, can... I remember watching you play that in the office way back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Very it's very nice. And you can just sit in the garden. Uh, I, I think that's that's well whist. Um, and what about, Nate, uh, I Am Dead? I Am Dead, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Wow, what an absolute home run to finish on. So this is uh, <laughs> from uh, the, the Richards who made... Wilmot's Warehouse, mm. and it's, um, if you've not played it, you should, you're like, you're a, well, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to ruin too much of the premise, but you are, you are of, of the other world, and you can see through things, um, but in a really clever way where you can just sort of, you know, like an MRI does cross-sections mm. of stuff. It allows you to do that for objects in the game and see what lies within them to discover sort of mysteries and hidden things. Um, but it, it's also like a mega sweet game about death. Um, it's it's quite a, quite a tearjerker without being um, schmaltzy. It's mm. really, really well-toned. But yeah, a lot of the time, because it's not trying to sort of manipulate you emotionally all the time but you are you know floating around outside of the realm of the living that's extremely wistful and it's it's set in this lovely seaside town uh i would even say it's whimsical and wistful yeah i'd back that yeah whistical whistical yeah (laughs) definitely Uh, some whisky at play yeah yeah, well, may- maybe now then is is the time to uh, cross section the geological layers of the earth and go into the <laughs> cavern of lights. Let's. I'm gonna the uh, my mic's resting on the mug though, so I'm gonna have to try roaring into an empty bottle of Doritos Mexican Cola. Okay, let's see how it goes. You ready? Hmm. E- the heaven of lies. That went okay, I think. Yeah, it was quite Laurence Olivier and Henry V. Yeah. Take from them their sense of reckoning. <laughs> so that I may win the cavern. <laughs> well, welcome. You can see uh, this cavern today. We're looking out over like a big placid underground lake. There's some lovely stalagmites. No, stalactites. Um... A few bats, but not in a threatening way. Uh, there's maybe a nice shaft of, of light playing onto the water. It's a it's a nice nice landscape, is what I'm saying, Alice. Mm. So we might want to just sit and just stare out over. Okay, it for a, yeah, for very good. Um, while while we do that, um, it's quite a simple cavern this week, actually. Uh, I am going to read out to you. Uh, I've taken the the four most whimsical games on Steam, so the four that showed up first when I typed in Wistful. Uh, did I say whimsical? I meant Wistful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I typed in Wistful and <clears throat> took the four games that, that came up first and I've abstracted their descriptions down to 100 words a piece and then I've slipped in a red herring. 
So it's very, very simple, old school cavern of lies. Which of these wistful games is too wistful to be real? Okay. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Number one, read by Sean Bean. Thomas was alone. Is an indie minimalist 2D platformer about friendship and jumping and floating and anti-gravity. Guide a group of rectangles through a series of obstacles, using their different skills together to progress. Listen to awesome music. Jump over meticulously placed rectangles. Don't know where the voice is going now. Yeah. Listen to wistful and slightly amusing voiceover. Thomas Was Alone tells the story of the world's first sentient AIs and how they work together to, well, not escape. Emerge might be better. Emerge has an air of importance. While keeping the myriad plot twists and superhero origin stories you'll discover under wraps. We didn't even mention the bouncing. Better be overkill. Okay, well, Thomas Was Alone is very famous. So, Is it? Yeah. I've never heard of that. Oh, thanks, Sean Bean. Okay. Oh, no, this, this whole cafe could be f***. <laughs> oh, okay. Undeterred, here's Anthony Hopkins. Okay. Well, if nothing else, it's, it's nice to see so many greats of this stage and screen. Well, yeah, this is it. You know, it's a, we can all enjoy a bit of dramatic reading, if nothing else. Once again, if you could travel through time, who's the first person you'd meet? And teenage boy Sire opens his eyes after making a wish on a boring summertime birthday. He finds himself in an unfamiliar time in front of a familiar someone who he never had the chance to meet. Together, she and Sire will form a bond through photography while recapturing their lost time into rolls upon rolls of film. Who is she? What journey awaits the star-crossed duo? Is a goodbye an ending? Or a promise for a reunion? Let's find the answers together across time and space in Once Again. Uh, what was it called? Once Again. Once Again. And what's the name of the boy? Sire. Well, it's pronounced Sia, but I didn't want to confuse it with legendary Australian vocalist Sia. Okay. That's how it's spelled. How's it spelled? S-I-A. Okay, yep. All right. It's Craig Charles now with The Great Perhaps. Really? (laughs) Yeah. The Great Perhaps tells the story of an astronaut returning to Earth destroyed by natural cataclysms. (laughs) There, amongst the ruins, he finds an unusual artifact, an old lantern, in the light of which he can see glimpses of another time and travel to the past. Experience constant time travelling between an empty, melancholic scenery of the post-apocalyptic Earth and its vivid days gone by. The hero will face the danger in the post-apocalyptic present as well as in the past, help him on his journey to find out the true cause of the robot wars. Uh, no, it was actually of the disaster, but I couldn't resist that. <laughs> I was kind of distracted by the voice, but what <laughs> That was a good Craig Charles, actually, wasn't it? I d- um, yeah, yes, I would. Yes. I, I would. I would say that with all voices, you do. You know how all roads lead to Rome. Yes. 
I think they also lead to Anthony Hopkins a little bit. Yeah, they do a bit, don't they? I'm not... <laughs> no, the, the, the curve of time pulls back towards Hopkins. Well, not this one, because this is Jason Statham. Okay. Fern Whisper Island. A deeply personal fusion of genres crafted by a small team of passionate nature lovers, Fern Whisper Island is a game about hope, connection, and the hidden wisdom of nature. Okay. Captain Bluestone, custodian of Fern Whisper, has lost his connection with the mysterious Viridian folk who maintain the island's balance. He's called for your help to restore the rightful way of things. Exploring the reactive musical landscape, it's up to you to befriend the strange Viridian folk and use their power to transform the island, revealing a hidden layer of the world where Captain Bluestone's troubled past might be revealed. Okay. And finally... Hey, oh- yeah. Do, have you are you reading this off the uh, the Steam pages? I uh, know because I've condensed each entry into a hundred words, so I've got a little oh, okay. word document. All right, okay. Did you? Uh, out of curiosity, did you have to see what Captain Bluestone looked like? Is he a man? Is he an anthropomorphic? I have not. Seen, I've only seen the cover screenshots for the games. Um, okay. So that one was just, you know, a sort of pastel coloured island landscape. Okay. Not a All lot, right. I'm afraid. Um, Continue, RT. Finally, it's uh, Arthur Morgan. <laughs> okay. With Neon Cyborg Cat Club. Oh, God. Okay. From composer Edwin Montgomery comes a new musical work for the COVID-19 era. Neon Cyborg Cat Club, life as we know it no longer exists left in our wake of robotic cats, originally manufactured for companionship by a doomed humankind, now roaming an apocalyptic cityscape. Enter a vivid 3D digital environment and transport yourself from the comfort of your own home to this dystopian feline future. There you can visit one of the last areas populated by the cyborg cats for an immersive and voyeuristic experience. The curious and wistful creatures Create unique musical scapes. Wistful creatures. They sure are. Ah, okay. Well, that sounds made for TV, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> so there we go. Um, okay. Thomas that- was alone, which is definitely not real. Uh, once again, <laughs> The Great Perhaps, Fern Whisper Island, and Neon Cyborg Cat Club. So two of them are... Uh, well, only w- one of them is fake. One of them is fake, okay. It's a bit well, harsh, but I feel the odds are even now that one of them's out. So. Yeah, that's fair. I can't believe it. Thomas was alone. Is incredible. It's like Mike Biffle's first game, and it was really successful. It's huge. Oh, <laughs> well, first independent game. Um, uh, okay, all right. Um, I'm afraid it's a little bit of an anodyne cavern this week. No, it's a tough one. It's good. Um, I'm going to say that Neon Cyborg Cat Club is real because the name and kind of premise are too obnoxious to be fake, if that makes sense. I, I get your reasoning, yes. Um, so I think that's real. Uh, oh, the other three are too, too close to call at the minute. The great perhaps. I'm quite pleased with how well the fake blends in this week, I've got to say. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. So once again is a child making a wish. And the problem is that these all have quite ubiquitous indie game kind of things like cameras and and like they do don't they photography <laughs> then like the the music and the okay uh the great perhaps is the space thing right um let me just check that's a yeah that's the uh that's the astronaut returning to a balked earth yeah astronaut returning to a balked earth i think that's real think that's real i just can't choose between the child making a birthday wish and taking photographs and then the musical island mm. daisies aren't i that's a really tough one it's a really tough one which one are you going to look wistfully at does that does does that mean uh yeah they're on different stalactites over the okay. underground lake and if All right. you if you wistfully look at the wrong one, something very unwistful will happen. Fan Whisper Island is such a... Oh, God, I don't know. I'm shooting blind here. I'm shooting yes! the hiss. Um... Do you want me to do the countdown clock? Yeah. That was quite a gruff one. That was yeah, wasn't um, okay, it? Okay, Bluto's okay, okay. countdown. Oh, I, I'm, I'm just, I'm gonna go for Fern Whisper Island just because there was more detail. Well, God damn it, Red Baron, you got me again. No <laughs> way. Yeah, Fern Whisper oh. Island. I was just making up like the most boring game I could possibly imagine. Oh my god, that was I can't believe I actually I Yeah, wow. I mean I don't feel too bad because that was that uh, really had you in a bind, but yeah, Fern Whisper Island is uh, thankfully not real, but a million games like it are. So they... That was pure luck. I think it was just the some subconscious tingling at the confluence of so much fucking bull. <laughs> oh, it's I'm musical. really glad I didn't expand Captain Bluestone's character anymore because uh, he could have gotten quite silly, actually. <laughs> he could. <laughs> All right, let's get out of this cabin. Let's blow this place. <laughs> Well, thank you very much for that, Nate. That was, I think, one of the toughest caverns ever. Um, and now we've come to the end of our uh, our podcast. So all that remains is for us to do recommendations because every week we recommend something that is not a video game. Nate, did you manage to Google the thing you want to recommend this week? I did, yes, I did. Good, good. Well, I'm going to recommend um, a book. Who? Oh, God, I can't remember the author's name now, but it's called Our Wives Under the Sea. It Sounds is, sick. yeah, it's well good. It's quite short. It's sort of a horror book. Um, it's about a it's a split um narrative kind of thing. There there are basically two women in it, and Julia Armfield. There you go. There are two women in it, and one of them is a deep sea science person. So she's gone down in a submarine, uh, and then she didn't come back for six months. So her her wife was waiting. Um 
for her to come back. And now that she has come back, she has come back wrong. So it's split between the the wife who was waiting at home and thought that uh, the diver had died, now sort of coming to terms with how she might have changed and sort of thinking back on the relationship and also thinking about herself and there's a lot of sort of body horror kind of stuff, um, but quite subtle and it's very uh, sad and uh, a little bit frightening, um, but really, really beautiful and clever because it's interspersed with the kind of journal that the diver, the account the diver has written of being trapped below as well. It's really, really good. Always nice to see some sort of maritime horror that isn't Lovecraft as well. Sounds quite quite on a different bent. Yeah. There you go. So uh, what are you recommending, Nick? Uh, well, in a surprise to precisely no one, I'm <laughs> going to recommend uh, a fellow um, called... Jacob Knowles, that's uh, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, who's a fifth-generation lobster fisherman um, who just does delightful little TikTok updates um, where he's Jacob underscore Knowles, um, but he's got a YouTube channel as well where I watch him. And you will just you will learn a lot about surprisingly interesting facets of the lobster fishery in Maine. And he's just a wow. nice bloke as well. And he's a responsible fisherman. Um, yeah, it's it, it's probably the least depressing look at commercial fisheries I've ever seen. <laughs> so there you go. Very good. Thank you very much, Nate. And thank you, listener, for joining us this week for episode 208 of the Electronic Wireless Show podcast, Rock Paper Shotguns, PC Gaming Podcast, and the only podcast you need. In my opinion, this was the best games for having a wistful stare episode and uh we'll be back again next week but until then you can find rock paper shotgun on facebook youtube twitter and tiktok just search for rock paper shotgun you can of course join us on the discord the link is in the show notes you can email in podcast at rockpapershotgun.com uh but for all your pc gaming needs just go to www.rockpapershotgun.com but for now it's goodbye from me, Alice Bell, and it's goodbye from Wistus, the wistful Roman ghost. Oh, farewell. Bye.